What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 166. In this episode, we're breaking down Texas Tech's thrilling win over the Oklahoma Sooners to finish off the season 7-5, and five. plus a little basketball talk after the Maui Invitational wrapped up last week before Thanksgiving. We'll recap our thoughts on that and everything. Uh, we'll be back to one episode a week now that football season has come to an end. Uh, we'll be kind of just strategically recording our shows around basketball games as we move forward as there's no real set dates on these things. They vary from Monday to Tuesday, so um, we'll try to work around that. But to catch everything that we're doing here through the bas- rest of the basketball season, follow us. Follow us on Apple, follow us on Spotify, give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate, and if you listen to us on Apple, write us a review. Also, follow our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter, at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, and give our YouTube channel a follow where we're posting clips from each week's episode, interviews, and all that stuff there on the YouTube for you to catch Uh, And lastly, if you have anything to add to the tailgate, comments, questions, uh, anything like that, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into our Oklahoma recap. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Dustin, it was a beautiful night at the Jones this past Saturday as the Red Raiders defeated the Oklahoma Sooners 51-48 to in overtime. Uh, That win gave us our seventh win of the season, gave us the outright fourth place. Fourth place, fourth uh, place, fourth place, fourth fourth place, place. fourth place. Semi-pro reference there if y'all didn't catch that. Uh, gives us a winning record in Big 12 conference play, as we mentioned last week. The first time you could done that since 2009. Uh, and also another first time you've ever beaten Texas and Oklahoma in the same season. So a lot happening with that win. Uh, there was a lot riding on that victory. So, Dustin, we were there. We were at the Jones. We rushed the field. Just what were your thoughts after yeah. that victory for the Red Raiders? It was a very big and emotional type win. You didn't feel like just a regular game. I mean, you had two. <laughs> I mean, two teams battling for six and five and seven and seven by the end of it. But it didn't feel like it felt like an old school Tech OU game with scoring and just how it went. And so it's cool to pull out an exciting, crazy victory like that. Another overtime win. It's your third overtime win at home this year. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of teams that can say that over the last few years that have pulled that off. And so huge win. Great win. I mean, especially to put OU at six and six. Also, just a little cherry on top of it. Yeah, I mean, it was a wildly entertaining game. Yeah. Uh, the first half, you know, first quarter, you, you were kind first of like, first quarter right, sucked. Is, that was probably the worst be... first quarter you've had all year. Yeah, especially at home. Um, I mean, at home, most of your first quarters you've come out, you've been pretty competitive. From it the was get-go. horrible. Um, but Oklahoma got right out uh, and started, and you were just able to to fight back, get yourself back into the game before half, and then uh, win 
yourself kind of a shootout there in the second half, get to overtime, make the plays that you needed to to win that game. And so it was just fun. It was a fun way to send a lot of these seniors off, a lot of guys that we've, uh, you know, come to love over the years here yep. and guys who have been here a long time, <laughs> been here a long time and, and haven't got to see these seven wins in a regular season. Hell no, you did a lot, of, a lot of things for the first time since 2009. Yeah. When you had Leach. So it spans your previous three head coaches that McGuire did in his first year. I mean, he had a home winning record, conference winning record, beat Texas OU for the first ever time. There was like a couple other things you've done for the first time in 13 plus seasons. Like pretty damn crazy to do all that. Yeah, and you get to send the double T scoreboard off Yay! with a with a victory. As we retired the double T scoreboard, there'll be a new one oh, coming. But you get to send the old one off into retirement with a win. But yeah, it was just a great night uh, for Texas Tech fans to to get that win in the fashion that you did, um, and to just kind of celebrate all the accomplishments of Joey McGuire in year one. You know, we we predicted seven and five before the season. Just how I predicted. We go seven and five. We don't get a lot of predictions right here, but nope. we got that prediction right. It just it just felt good. It was a great night. It was really fun. Um, a well-earned victory. You're happy for all these seniors to get to leave the Jones on their last night with a win over a team that they haven't gotten to beat uh, in their career here. So uh, kind of going through the game, we're not going to recap like we, we have been in the past, just kind of talk about yeah. different parts of the game and things like that. That first half, Dustin, it was a uh, roller coaster of a first half. The first quarter, Oklahoma had us. Um, we were looking they like, had us uh, in the first quarter. They had us in the first quarter, not going to lie. Um, got up 17 to nothing on you. Uh, you're able to score, but then they get right back up 24 to 6. And then right before half, all of a sudden things turn and you're able to get get it 24 to 23 before half. What are your kind of thoughts on just the ability to hang in there and then throw some haymakers at the end of the first half to get yourself back into yeah, this game? Yeah, we, we really thought this game was just going to be a blowout for Oklahoma at that point. They get up 24 to 6 with just over six minutes left. And you're – not feeling great. You're feeling yeah. very terrible. Their offense can do anything. Yours can't do any. Yours, you can't do anything. And somehow you get a touchdown and then a big time interception by Reggie Pearson in their own zone. So like at the 40 or something leads to another touchdown. Then your defense gets three and out and you get a field goal. Like it turned quick after that interception, like pick touchdown, three and out field goal. Boom, 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 boom. And, yeah, you went in the locker room down one. You're like, all right, let's go. Yeah, yeah it, it was crazy because, yeah, you and me were like, man, is it, I mean, at that at that, We point, were not ready to leave for the whole game. Yeah, you're like five plays, punt, three plays, punt, five plays, punt. You know, you finally get that touchdown. And like, just like you said, you, you're just waiting, you're waiting, you finally get another touchdown, Rabbit gets the pick, and then all of a sudden everything changes after that. Just incredible job there. Just to find your way back into that game, give yourself a chance heading into the halftime, and that's what you did. Second half, it became a shootout. Jesus, sorts. it was back and forth, back and forth. You score, they score. You score, they score. Uh, got down to where uh, they kick a field goal after Tyler Shuck throws a pick. Ah. They go up 48-45. Defense did a good job of holding them to that field goal there. What do you think kind of going through that point of the game after it had been 
felt like you kind of regained control and they were the ones having to play come yeah. from behind there in the second half. And all of a sudden you give them the opportunity to uh, take the lead. Yeah. Fourth quarter, you kind of broke serve and took the lead. So yeah, like you said, it was back and forth and you were just coming back every time. So then it felt great. And then yeah, Shuck with an untimely interception to give them a chance. Luckily they only got a field goal out of that and we were able to move the ball quickly to get a, get ourselves in a field goal there, which don't forget they blocked the field goal that didn't count. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there was a timeout either by then, I think it was by them to try to ice them, which is a terrible idea. Icing yeah. this year, icing Trey Wolf this year has worked zero times. Yeah. He always misses. The so first one. <laughs> you let that go. Kick gets blocked. Oklahoma goes on and wins the game by three. So crazy little turn of events there. Yeah, I mean, uh, we all thought that we had lost the game at that moment, I think. I don't think we heard the whistles from where we were, uh, and then it comes in that they called the, the timeout, and we're like, all right, great, we have another shot at this. Mm-hmm. Trey Wolf drains the field goal kick, and then uh, you go to overtime where they uh, have their own little field goal debacle where they miss a field yeah. goal, uh, kind of a chip shot there um, for the kicker. Yeah. and. Uh, did you see the posts? Uh, some like Venables, I guess, thought it was good. Some uh, some players on Oklahoma's we, team thought it was good. No, I never saw any of that. But obviously, we're in the other end zone. Like we were in the south, there plays in the north. So we all thought it was just gonna go in. We just assumed like, all right, he's gonna chip that and hit it in, and then we couldn't really see it. The next thing you know, they're just calling it no good. So I don't know. I never saw it. Was pictures yeah. bad or what? I went back and watched, and like when I first watched it, I was like, "That kind of looked good." Like I was like, "Huh?" You also weird. don't have all the angles either for yeah. that because you only have the front game. angle, don't you? No, it's kind of to the side. You got when you watch it like real close, it it clearly goes like right of the field goal post. So yeah, he just never, never got it, never got it through. They missed the field goal. You come down and for uh, the second time this year, Trey Wolf hits an overtime walk off field goal and uh texas tech wins so yeah just kind of crazy set of emotions through this game thought you lost it battled back thought you lost it again after the shuck pick uh Uh, hold on on. before you move on from oklahoma's overtime they had a huge play in there that i think changed the game they ran a little trick play throwback to dylan gabriel philly special or whatever it was put their quarterback out caught the caught the throwback pass and then Reggie Pearson blows his ass up and yeah, yeah, destroys him on the sideline, and that took him out for the next two or three plays, whatever it was, and they couldn't move the ball without him. And he was yeah, to, he was lights out all game. Like he was by far the best player out there. Yeah, they had to put in like a tight end to run like a wildcat thing or something like that. That yeah, changed they, the game right there. So think yeah. like in your game against Oklahoma, you knock out their quarterback first play of overtime. Your game against Texas, best running back in the country, yeah. fumbles in that same end of the end zone. That's where Houston wanted to go play their overtime also. Yeah. So. <laughs> Apparently that end has the magic juice for us to get those victories. Yeah, that was quite a hit. I rewatched you know, some of the, the end of the second half and that hit by Reggie Pearson at, in the overtime was just I watched a, it, yeah. great, a great hit, great technique, no personal foul or anything like that. Hit him like you're supposed nope. to. Just hit him hard. And as yeah. a quarterback, that's what that's what you risk when you throw a pass. Well, he was uh, pretty vulnerable too. Like just yeah. caught it wide open, just, just boom, took one of the chest and shoulder. Yep. 
yeah, just looked for it. But once again, you know, and then also on that field goal to tie the game, you took four minutes off the clock to go and tie it, you know, so you didn't. You were very timely on that. Yes. Yeah. You didn't give Oklahoma a chance to get back and and try to go win the game after you left them with eight seconds. You got the stop and then get to winning it in overtime. So some stats for you guys in this one. Uh, Tyler Shuck, 436 passing yards, two touchdowns to one pick uh, that we mentioned. He also had 44 yards on the ground. Sir Roderick Thompson, 22 carries. How about that, Dustin? 22 carries for a running back. That's insane. I never thought I'd see that. 86 yards and two touchdowns for the senior back. Donovan Smith, one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown. Oh, was that? Rushing touchdown, sick. That was it crossed was a great him up. Just, yep, it was. It looked like a basketball crossover. Like yep. Allen Iverson crossed up, uh, takes it to the house, and then a nice little play um, where we ran him out of the backfield, and he was wide open. And Tyler Shuck hits him uh, with, for a, a nice touchdown pass. So I think I saw that he's like the first qu- quarterback or the first player in like Big Twelve era to throw for a touchdown, catch for a touchdown, and rush for a touchdown all in the same season. So. Yeah, I was hoping for the Christian McCaffrey special in this game. Right. You know, but yeah. and luckily he didn't on. have to throw for one. <laughs> yeah, we had him on later, but hey, you know, I'm sure he'll take those touches any way he can get, but they were pretty nice little plays. Um, brought, or what am I thinking here? Jared um, Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm thinking for us. For what am I thinking right now? Our first touchdown um, was Jalen Hutchings. Jalen Hutchings, uh, we gave oh, yeah. him a little touchdown run. Um, so we we got the big guy, one of our other seniors, in there to to score. Uh, and so nice little touchdown run for him. Nice to hit pay dirt. Um, so wanted to shout that out. And then Jaron Bradley, your leading receiver, eight receptions on the day for 173 yards and one touchdown. Uh, And the defense forces one turnover. Rabbit got the pick right there before the end of the half to to help get you on the board. So uh, your thoughts on, you know, after going through that, your thoughts on Tyler Shuck and kind of the offense's performance in this game in a game that they, you know, were really able to move the ball pretty well. Yeah, after the first quarter and things settled down, Tyler Shuck looked great. I mean, I know we had that untimely pick. I feel like he's just going to always have one of those a game. But besides that, he had the best performance of his season. Yeah. And, and boosted his record, I think, at Tech to like 7-1 and one Yeah, as a starter. I mean, that's pretty damn good. So anytime you can throw for 400 multiple touchdowns um, and be 7-1 and one as a starter, that's pretty damn good. So he did a great job. Yeah, I can nothing but respect for the guy. You know, he he's had that injury luck, and then his opportunity came, and a lot of people were uh, throwing shade on him. He even mentioned it in his press. Uh, I saw that press conference. A little testy so, there. Yeah, you could tell there's a little chip on his shoulder, but you know, you you can understand that coming from his standpoint, where you just haven't had the opportunity to really show it. Um, and did while you catch has, in that in that press conference his answer when he said there's even some people down this hallway? Yeah. That said that, what do you yeah. think of that? Um, I mean, yeah. Like, kind of taking a shot at some people in yeah. like, coaches yeah. or other players. That's what I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Is it like a player thing? Is it a coaching thing? Is it both? Like, 
I'm sure there's got to be some doubts, I guess, with some people. Like, I mean, sure, all four, all three quarterbacks yeah. played four games this year. <laughs> well, I'm sure, like, some guys have a boy who's their quarterback who they sure. kind of prefer, or maybe like some of the receivers, like, hey, Donovan gets me the ball more, or hey, Baron gets sure. me the ball more. So, like, you can kind of understand that stuff, but. Yeah, I, that, I, I thought that was kind of surprising and doesn't necessarily make you feel like he's coming back or anything after like those kind of comments make you feel like yeah. his, his journey here might be coming to an end. But ultimately just really did respect what he did. He came out and got you three straight wins, got you to that seven and five and went out there and had a career game for him here at Texas Tech to help get you that victory. I thought he was pretty poised uh, for the most part of the game, made a lot of good throws. Um, and, and really yeah. did a good job to keep you in the game and, and get you this win. So nothing but respect for him, especially having to go through what he has his last right. two seasons here. Uh, so feel feel good for him to to get that dub to get you to yep. seven and five on the season. Uh, thoughts on the defense's performance again? You know, it was kind of something we talked about before this game that it was going to probably be another classic bend but don't break type performance and. Really kind of felt like that again, a little bit more breaking than there I was a lot more breaking in this one. I mean, this felt like here's what I wrote down. I mean, I felt like the OU offense looked like regular, usual Oklahoma. Yeah. Like you could have told me Lincoln Riley, Bob Stoops is over there coaching. Like it didn't matter. Like they had the creative plays, their running back was doing whatever he wanted to. They had a receiver that had a huge game. I mean, Listen to their st- individual stats. Their their individual stats are way better yeah. than ours. Just saying. I mean, Dylan Gabriel had almost 450. Their running back Gray had 161. <laughs> Mims had 162 and two tuds. Weiss had 123 and a tud. Willis had 74 and two tuds. I mean, yeah. Tell me that doesn't, that doesn't sound like you know. D.D. Westbrook and Samaje P. Ryan and that group or like Hollywood Brown, like insert name here. Like that sounds like old Oklahoma that we've seen for the last 10 years, you know? So not great. Luckily, like we've kind of started to shift our tone about the pick, pick three or take three. And now we're more talking like, can we get one and turn it into points? Yeah. Like, more like timely stuff. Like, and we got a great timely one this game. Like, great timely one, turn it into seven, boom, that's what you had to do. And then when it came down to it, you got a couple of timely three and outs. You know, a lot of times they could do whatever, but a couple times here and there, it's like, oh, we got them to mess up. Oh, we got able to knock their quarterback out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you didn't, you broke a lot. There wasn't, I don't know if there's much bending, but. Yeah, yeah. It just, of, it just you ended up throwing the last punch, and that's all that mattered. Yeah, a lot of breaking, but like you said, made the plays necessary to keep you in the game, to get you in the game, and then to to ultimately seal the deal. I mean, the, like you said, the pick there was huge because, you know, all of a sudden that goes from a 24-13 game to 24-20. Then they force a three and out get you a field goal you're one point away in this game and then you know timely stops again in the second half uh we're able to get you stops able to uh, hold OU to a field goal right after chuck throws a pick that looks like it could possibly be the backbreaker and they you know get the stop there get a field goal give you a chance to hey go match this and then ultimately get the stop to force another missed field goal so 
like you said, lots of lots of bad numbers you see on the stat line for <laughs> OU guys. You don't necessarily want to see those, but you know they made the plays necessary to get you that win. So in, in this kind of game, you'll take it, especially one where the offenses were moving the ball like they were. Um, so any other things you kind of wanted to point out on this game before we revisit some um, predictions? And... Nope, we hit all the notes I have there. All right, well, let's look at our predictions for the last game of the season. Dustin had asked for one pick and one fumble. Uh, we, we, got had pick, one, count. we got a pick. We got a pick. So we got, you know, he gets half credit for that. I took uh, some of Dustin's notes and I asked for four sacks in this game. We had three, so got pretty close there. That always uh, happens. Got, got greedy with the four. <laughs> I should have just kept it at three, um, but I always get greedy. Dustin. Finally got his 100-yard receiver for it three straight weeks, and finally Jaron Bradley came through with him. Came through for him. We mentioned I knew it was 73 hit. yards, <laughs> um, and so Dustin pretty excited about that one. He just stuck to that well, and and it ultimately produced for him at the end of the season. Here, uh, I asked for 200 yards rushing. We only had 163. Yeah, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take all those yards that we can get. We ran the ball a lot. If I we also didn't expect that. Shuck to go for four hundred plus. Yeah, didn't expect that either. <laughs> so there's um, there's some extra yardage on the passing side, but but like the amount of carries that you gave to damn guys, right like that was another big. You didn't give up like, on it. Yeah, you mentioned well, you mentioned at the beginning, Sir Roderick Thompson, twenty two carries, Taj Brooks, Woo! twelve carries. I think we mentioned last week that both of these guys need double digit carries. Um, and they had those, so definitely like to see that uh, from from your running back room, and uh, maybe a little bit better efficiency on those runs. But hey, we're we're not going to be too picky with that. Score predictions: Dustin had thirty-one twenty-four. I had yeah, thirty-eight thirty-one. But we'll take the yeah. Uh, we both got that the victory right. Of that just that twenty points of off both ways. Yeah, just Oops. A, a few more touchdowns in there uh, in between that, but. Texas Tech did get the victory, and so for the last time this regular season. Somebody turn on some damn Dustin, for the last time this regular season, for the seventh time, we get to open up Club Red. Been a fun season getting to open this one up. So I'll kick it to you for your first, your Club Red Defensive VIP. I mean, not a lot to pick from, I don't think, on defense. I'm going to go with the obvious. Reggie Pearson with the interception. And I guess the knockout, Gabriel hit. A little one-two oh, punch. rabbit who had the pick. That was the rabbit who had the pick. Don't forget Oh, that. I guess Don's interview I read was wrong then. But I'll still give it to Pearson for the knockout. He hit a Gabriel in since I have him on here. I'll let you have the interception if you want him. <laughs> Yeah, I'll. Uh, that was going to be mine. Uh, the rabbit for the the pick there. Uh, like we mentioned, you know, just a huge uh, turn of events for your team in that moment. Needed uh, needed something to keep you in the game, and he was ultimately able to come through with the pick for you. You haven't got a whole lot of turnovers this year, so anytime you get one, yes, uh, you'll take one. But let's shout some other guys out just for the hell of it because this is the last game and Club Red and we got seven wins and we're excited for that. 
Kosai Eldridge, 14 total tackles. Pretty good. I got tired of hearing his name making so many tackles. Yeah. It's not it was, good when he has to make them all. <laughs> he had a lot. 11 of those were solo. He did have I was a sack. Mad, like third quarter. The kid yeah. quit having to make every tackle. <laughs> Muddy, Muddy was out there. Doing oh, he his, likes me. Yeah, uh, he was doing a great job. You know, Jalen Hutching, shout out to him. He had a, a you know, a little peak performance on the offensive side of the ball, yeah. uh, getting a touchdown run. So, uh, shout out to all those guys. Tony Bradford, he had a Tony took a pick with there. us. <laughs> took a pick with the Telgate Talks crew. So, you get uh, you get <laughs> props for that. Um, but, yeah, shout out to them. Joseph Adidre, one of your only true freshmen who's played for you this season, had a big stop there. Uh, in the overtime to to help make that field goal a little bit tougher mm-hmm. for him. So we'll we'll take all those guys. We'll we'll let pretty much everybody into the club uh, this week. How about offensive side of the ball, Dustin? Oh, mine's easy. It's the guy that finally got me my prediction, Jaron Bradley with eight yeah. one seventy three and a long forty four yard touchdown bomb over the top. That one actually put us up late in the game. That was a pretty passing catch. So that. I'm pretty sure is our receiver season high for a game of the year. Yeah, I think that or either the first game of the season when we are just going off against a crappy team. I still don't um, think anybody got so 170 plus. Yeah, I'll count this one. So to do that against Oklahoma, great job. So shout out to him. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the senior, a guy that we've gotten to watch play a lot of football here for you, and that is Sir Roderick Thompson. goes out 86 yards, two touchdowns. He also added 35 yards through the air, um, but he was, you know, doing his usual thing, grinding out yards for you, getting into the end zone. Um, Just kind of one of the all-time running back greats that you've had come through Texas Tech and his last uh, time playing there for you at the Jones, so – uh, he went out as you expect him to, given his best effort. But as we did with the defense, let's shout out some other guys. Tyler Shuck, obviously, getting in with his performance and what Big he time. did to help get you that win. Donovan Smith, you know, yeah. started for you some games, ended up getting benched, comes in for you in timely spots, has a hell of a touchdown run and a touchdown catch in this game. Uh, so that's awesome for him. Uh, like you said, Jaron Bradley lit it up with the receiving yards a bunch of other guys kind of in that 60 range nehemiah martinez four for 62 low fungi four for 61 miles price six for 54 so uh shout out you know it's pretty much everybody and then of course when you have a special teams player of the week and a guy who wins you the game with field goals ties the game with field goals you got to mention trey wolf who had the field goal to tie the game and then the field goal to win the game at the end so done that multiple um, times can't get iced like what a baller can't get iced. I've just never seen that where three times he's been iced and three times he missed the ice kick, but then comes out and drills. Drills. Uh, drills the real kick. So shout and out I think to him. On two of them, he missed it. Yeah. I think I'm there was sure that, Texas, he missed it wide Texas or short. It. I'm pretty sure Houston, he missed it too. Oh, and that's three of them because Oklahoma blocked it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, every time he's been iced, I think he pretty much misses it, and then he comes out. And I think did he get iced before he made that one at halftime against um, Kansas? Uh, didn't he get iced before that Kansas one to miss it, and then know. came back and drilled the fifty-one yard? I don't know, so, but yeah, he's he's zero on icings. 
So yeah, uh, impressive stuff from him. And then, you know, just shout out to all the seniors, man. And yeah, man. we're appreciative of you guys sticking around. Um, some of you saw multiple coaches. Um, some of you saw multiple, multiple coaches. Saw multiple, <laughs> multiple coaches. Um, but you stuck Adrian here. Adrian Pryor was right probably here for Cliff Wells and yeah, <laughs> like yeah, Sir Roderick, right? Uh, he's been here for a lot. Maybe Sir Roderick was probably Hudson. yeah. Tony Bradford, I think I've been to right, some guys that were here for three guys. <laughs> but we appreciate y'all sticking around, uh, Red Raiders for life, and helping us get this thing yeah, turned man. into the right direction, which it's looking like it's starting to head that way again. There's light at the end of the tunnel that has been at the bottom of the Big 12. The Red Raiders are fourth place in the conference. Um, and so bright things ahead and bowl games ahead. And so for now, that's going to do it on our Texas Tech football talk for this episode. Uh, next episode, maybe we'll recap some stuff, top moments from the season, some things we want to shout out, just kind of, you know, have some fun with it. Maybe some, you know, regular season awards from each of us, kind of do yeah. some fun stuff with that since um, we'll just – I'd love to do that. Yeah, strictly basketball right now, and we'll kind of deep dive the season a little bit more. But once again, happy for the win. It was a great night. It wasn't all that cold. Me and Dustin had plenty of cold beers to help keep us warm. Uh, watch us get that. that I got a dope. burn on my foot from my toe warmers. Oh, shit. It hurts. I bet. I bet that doesn't feel too good. But the wind it didn't felt hurt good. when I was, you know, seventy-five ultras deep. But it hurts now. It hurts now that we're uh, sobered up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was fun. Like we said, we got a picture with Tony Bradford. Go check it out on our social medias. He was kind enough to stop and take a quick picture for us. We might not look too super sober in that picture. Definitely but not. That's because we weren't. <laughs> that's because we weren't. We were enjoying ourselves, enjoying that game. And so with that, let's kick it over to the hardwood where we've got a Maui invitational to recap. Well, the Texas Tech's trip to the Maui Invitational came to a close uh, on Wednesday with a loss to Ohio State. Texas Tech goes one in two in the Maui Invitational, uh, losing on the opening game 76 to 65 to the Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, bounced back the next day with a 70-38 to win over Louisville and then closed out the tournament in the fifth-place game with a loss to Ohio State, 80-73. to uh, So a lot to kind of dissect from this tournament, Dustin, but yeah. what's on your mind most after Texas Tech's Maui Invitational Tournament run? Yeah, I don't think there's too much to be disappointed in. I know you're 1-2, and two, but you lost to a top-10 very legit Creighton team that I'm pretty sure everyone in the nation found out, oh, that's – they're legit. They're good. And Ohio State, who's now ranked in the top 25, you lost to in kind of a close shootout type game. So I don't think there's anything like – you didn't get your doors blown off by either team. And yeah. I think it's kind of nice that the team that sucked that you played, Louisville, you did blow the doors off of. Like you didn't struggle with or play down to their level. You blew their doors off. So I think there's more positives to think about, especially this early in the year with this yeah. young and inexperienced togetherness group. I think it was a good trip still. 
Yeah, I think you can find a lot of value in this trip despite not getting the wins there. I think the frustrating thing for me, and, and it kind of goes back to an argument I have a lot of preseason, is just your inability to schedule anything tough for you other than maybe these tournaments. And so you really limit yourself. Yeah, well, you got to get yeah, two tough wins. games and then, a, and then yeah. a Louisville big name game. So that's good. Yeah. It's good to have those. Yeah, you're right. Besides that, that's all you have this season. Like Georgetown doesn't do anything to to yeah. bolster bolster your and schedule. You get LSU again, and so you're really just like putting it all on those two games. And and like it's unfortunate that you weren't able to beat the two good teams that are actually going to give you credit for winning. You you beat the Louisville team, who's so bad that that probably doesn't even really do all that much to move the needle for you. If it comes down to bubble season and and who knows where that ends up i just i think my frustration is just your inability to get quality teams on that non-con schedule and so yeah. when you lose games like this it kind of hurts because you know that you got conference play but uh to bolster that strength sure. of schedule up but at the same time you want some other things to help you and some big key yep. wins Last year's team, you lost to Gonzaga early, you lost to Providence, but then you bounced back and you got a nice win over a Tennessee team that yeah. was a very high-ranked team. So stuff like that goes a long way for you, and these were your only opportunities. So that's kind of the frustrating part. But like you said, sure. it was nice to handle the the worst team in the tournament like you did. You blew them out. You held them to like a historic low, 38 points. Yeah, They probably wouldn't have got that if you didn't play your like bench guys for the last 10, 12 minutes of and the, the game. the fact that – I mean, I was driving – that day and you were texting me like oh we're gonna put in the reserves and make it look respectable i thought you meant like they were gonna bring it with like 20 points not still 40 oh <laughs> uh, yeah i was like they were gonna be probably held to under 30 you were on that starters. mark adams tech defensive train of like i don't want them to score any points no, ever I don't want it. it's like that I oklahoma game when they did they broke 30 we were like no there was a whole stretch at the start of the second half where they got to like the under 16 and they still hadn't scored in the half. They had 13 points. Yeah, they were at just... six minutes in before they scored in the second yeah. half. They went on like an eight-minute strip there of not scoring with 13 Is Louisville, Louisville going to score more points than the spread? Because the spread of that game was 13 and a half points for us. And it seemed like Louisville was just going to score 13. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, that was an impressive dominating win. Um, the other games, like you said, you didn't get blown out. You you were very competitive in both of those games, gave yourself yeah. like, opportunities. I mean, Creighton had you kind of in I the mean, second half at a pretty decent well, length. You kept having to battle back in Ohio they, State really just kind of They out. hit – Creighton hit. Let's talk Creighton real yeah. quick. They hit every shot second half. Yeah, they were – You had them at awesome. scrambling in the first half with the most turnovers they've ever had and then zero turnovers in the second half because they tightened it up and made every layup and three-pointer they tried. So at that point, you kind of just got to yeah. put your hands up like that. We tried. It wasn't yeah, on us. Tried. It's more on them. They just did little, it better. It felt a lot like the Gonzaga game to me last year yeah. where, like, you were in the Gonzaga game, and then all of a sudden they kind of went unconscious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're just a good basketball team. They make the right play. Yeah. They, they pass up a good shot for a better mm -hmm. shot. Um, and they were just doing a lot of that stuff in the second half, and they had a couple guys just get real hot, and, and every time it went up, you knew it was going in. Yeah, that so, point guard kid, he's good. He's he's pretty good. They got a lot of lot of dudes on that team. They're they were a pretty fun team to watch. I watched them in that Arkansas game, and that was one hell of a game. Um, and then the Ohio State game. What were your, you know just kind of your thoughts on that game before we kind of get into things we got to take from this tournament? 
Yeah, I missed some of that one during the Thanksgiving break. Also caught one of the halves. I don't even remember. But yeah, they they kind of just out rebounded and out. I don't know about uh, hustled us, but they're just long shots. We couldn't rebound them, and that's how they just kept us running there. I mean, that's just the fact of that game. Yeah, they out physicaled you in that game. Yeah. Um, I, I thought they brought kind of our brand of basketball. That and they're a legit to, team. So yeah, they're they're you legit. didn't lose that scrub. Yeah, they have some good players, some guys that we're familiar with. They've got yeah. you know likely from uh, Oklahoma State, and then Sean McNeil, who got hot there early, and I was like, oh, uh, shit, I got scared. About to see, <laughs> we about to see him do what he used to do to us when he was at West Virginia. So some frustrating things, kind of from there. That's- um. But and then you let their guy suing just go the hell off for on you like he just couldn't be stopped, um, justice suing. So yep. uh, some some frustrations from that. Let's kind of look at the bad and then let's look at the good. So uh, rebounding uh, was a struggle and it'll be a thing that a lot of people will be yeah. talking about moving forward. Um, you know, I credit it to the defensive rotations that you take, yeah. you, you you switch everything. And so when you switch Bacho onto a guard uh, and then they're shooting a three ball and you've got him out there defending it, and you've got Pop Isaacs and Devion Harmon and your small guys in the paint, it's going to be tough to rebound. So what are your kind of thoughts on that and how maybe we can figure out how to com- combat that? Because it seems like it could be a pretty glaring weakness until sure. at least Amat gets back. And, you know, we don't even know to what extent he'll be back just yet. So, yeah, your first three points here all go together. Rebounding, defensive rotation, lack of size. But lack of size comes from your defensive rotation because now you actually have point guards who are 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". Not you your know, typical 6'6". Rather six, than... Yeah. Your guard forward, non-point guards that you've had over the last few years that are still 6'6", but not necessarily ball movers on the offensive end. So you're sacrificing one thing for another. Yep. Um, and I think on the plus side on the offensive end, it's working out better than the defensive end. Cause like we always say, and we're going to go back to a lot this year, I think, Mark Adams will figure it out. <clears throat> I don't know how, because yeah, yeah, you you have loved the six six to six nine guys and rotate and switch, and now you don't lose size anywhere. But now you have six two to seven foot, and you're switching here and there, and yeah, you are going to have that lack of size. So Mark Adams, Coach Adams, he'll have to work some magic, man, to figure something out there. Yeah, I don't really know what the answer is. But it's just a trade-off. I mean, yeah. do you want the point guards in? Because obviously Harmon and Pop are by far two of your top five players. Yeah, and offensively, so, the thing we'll kind of get into is like you're keeping up offensively in this game. It yeah. wasn't necessarily your offense that lost you these. You, it was your defense I mean, and your defensive inability to get the stops or the rebounds when you needed it to. And, you know, like you said, that's what you're giving up. Last year, you gave up good offense to (laughs) play. You gave up ball handling and fluent offense for that defensive size and space and hands and passing lanes. And so, yeah, maybe AMAC can be that savior who comes in and helps kind of clean that up a little bit. But for me, it's just if if you're going to keep rotating like this, this is what's going to happen when you're playing these offenses who we know the way to beat a Mark Adams defense is to just get extremely hot and shoot a lot of threes 
And when you're shooting a lot of threes and the defense is scrambling to rotate and get there and the three ball comes off the rim, that's the hardest shot to yep. rebound. That You don't know where that ball is And the easiest bounce. for your other team. Yeah. And what does that lead to? An open three typically and for the most part teams make that second chance opportunity. So there's going that's going to be an issue and I just think a lot of people aren't realizing like that's the trade off this year is like yeah. you don't have the size to combat it and like what do you want us to like we can go back to the well last yeah. year but y'all were all frustrated about not having an offense I mean, last year. We can so go back to that this year if you really want to and not yeah. play Harmon and Pop as much and play all these others 66 and play all these freshman guys and you'll look like last year and you'll have to win games 63 to 50, you know, instead yep. of 70 something to 60 something. I mean, yep, what's, I what side of the scale do you want to tip? Yeah. And so I think like right now is a good time to try to find that balance, try to figure out some ways. Like we said, we don't have anybody tough to play coming up until big 12. So, um, you know, find your, Find your rotation on that. Kind of figure out some things to maybe yeah. patch that band aid until maybe like like you just said, we're playing some not so great talent over the next few weeks. You know, we're a month out from Big Twelve basketball, so you might see. You know, we have three straight home games. You also might see some messed up rotations because we're trying some new crap. Yeah, <laughs> like you might see some switches and then reswitch, and we miss a guy or something. So. Don't get too frustrated either when we're playing yeah. crappy teams and giving up easy buckets because we're trying stuff. Be yeah, patient one, last, this next month. one last thought on on kind of like things that maybe to be concerned about. And, and I don't have a huge concern on this. I just kind of wanted to throw it in there. Um, who Who's your go-to guy in these some of these games where you need buckets? Because right now, like, you have a bunch of different guys who can score. Like, Pop's a great shooter. Pop's probably one of the best shooters that you've had in a while. Davion kind of seems to be that guy, but um, it feels like Tyson. Who do you think kind of takes maybe that role as this season goes on? And, and you know, maybe right now it's good to have a bunch of different guys who can kind of play yeah. a part for you. But I think at certain points you just kind of need to focus in and, like, this guy's taking it. Who's your guy right now? Um, Man, there's a lot of different ways to answer this. I'm going to go with – Something I saw today that I think is going to happen is Jalen Tyson's going to start to take over a little more. Yeah, There was an interview, I guess, today, and it was brought to him, like, how he put it was, I've seen on film that I've passed up some shots or some opportunities to be more aggressive and score it. Um, And I think part of that's, you know, kind of like LeBron plays. He likes to get everybody involved is that's kind of what Jalen's trying to do too, is get everybody involved rather than just take over kind of deal. But he's like, I'm going to start to kind of insert myself, not like crazy much. I don't expect him to swing into a, you know, uh, shooting everything, but I expect him to try some things a little more rather than not. And so I think think it's him and I like it to be him. I think his quote was, I love to pass, but God made me good at scoring. God made me a score, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's very line. mature. One of the things we talk about is that maturity and kind of to recognize, because that's one of the things I, I have been kind of – I've enjoyed watching him, but I've, I've been a little disappointed that he's been passive. There's some really good looks that he's had. He's yeah. got a great, smooth great jump stroke. shot that always looks like it's going in. So, yeah, I want to see him take – 
take be and he has that ability to shot. jack one up and make it which we haven't had that yes. guy in a while and he can get to <laughs> anywhere he wants on the court like he's got pretty good handles he's 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 a pretty big guard so he's going to be able to shoot over most of the yeah. guys who are defending him and so you just want to see him take advantage of those those opportunities a little yep. bit more. But yeah, he can he can definitely be one of those guys. But like like you said, right now I just think you got a multiple multitude of guys who can kind of take over that role for you. I think definitely you want the ball in Davion's hands right now yep. and let him make something happen and create for a guy like Tyson to get those better open looks for O'Banner to get those looks for even Bacho to get some of those looks by the rim. Let's talk about some good things now. Uh, and one of the things we kind of predicted would that would be a big headline after this tournament was uh, Daniel Bacho is the real deal. And boy, did he have himself a tournament, Dustin. What did you think about Bacho and what he did oh boy. over uh, that tournament? Oh, boy. Bacho is the real deal. Yeah. I mean, he went from some spot minutes last year and a couple points a game to – He's an all-Big 12-type player. <laughs> I mean, he's legit. The defense is crazy good. Like, he's as good as Tariq used to be for you on defense pretty much and better on the offensive end. Yeah. Now, I don't like some of these have Bacho create situations <laughs> all the time. I think we could do a little bit too much of that or he gets too much of that. Um, but he's a great rim runner and – Put back guy, post up. I mean, he does so many good things. And it was great to see that he did this against legit other big men. Yeah. Like, there was – Creighton had a guy bigger than him. I mean, yep. Ohio State had some big dudes. Obviously, Louisville's always going to have big dudes just because they're Louisville. But he dominated and never, never lacked. Yeah, uh, his – performance was very special to watch like it's definitely one of the things you got to take out of this tournament is like because you've seen the him against lesser competition so far this sure. season be pretty good but to go up against legitimate teams and legit bigs and do what he did this weekend just look like one of the best players on the court anytime he was on there his rim running ability his his knocking down three pointers real smooth yeah. for you um he was just I mean, he led you in points in the Creighton game. He had 17 points in Cre- against Creighton. And then he followed that up with a 21 against Ohio State. Um, and so he was just everywhere for you. He's, yep. he's, he's just been everything and more that you would hope for him to be. And the, he had really big shoes to fill because you're thinking Bardaz Amax coming in and then it's going to be Bacho, and then Amat gets hurt, and you're like, hey, Bacho, we're hoping that your improvement can hold us over, and he's just oh. taken on that that and been even beyond what I thought he was going to be. I mean, be. now you might – I mean, they're going to still sub in for each other, and you're never going to lack at that center position, which is yeah. a great problem to have because a lot of teams can't keep up with that, and that's going to create terrible mismatches for a lot, a lot of teams. Um, yeah. But now you can also possibly play both of them more often than you thought. Right. Yeah. Like that's the thing is, is like, it's hard to take Bacho off the court right now. He's been so good for you and he's, his offensive abilities really help create cause he's able to, to cut to the basket, catch the ball, uh, dunk it on people, get rebounds, hit shots for you. Um, it's, it's been really incredible to watch him. Uh, and, and he just, his meter went 
through the roof after this tournament because yeah. that was good competition and he took it up a level after that. Um, so yeah, that, uh, Bacho, uh, shout out to him for that. And then another big leap forward from a guy that was getting a lot of criticism heading into this tournament was pop Isaacs. I thought pop was really, really good for you in the Creighton game. Uh, he limited his turnovers this tournament, like everybody was hoping he would do. Uh, he's a knockdown shooter. He's one of the best pure shooters that I think we've had in a while where he can pull it up from anywhere. And I feel like it's going in. What are your thoughts on pop and what he did um, to, to improve over this uh, three games stint? Yeah. The pop can't play. People can shut up because yeah. he put that to bed. I mean, <clears throat> he can shoot, he can play, especially as a guy who had most of summer off because of an injury and surgery has been playing for like what, six weeks or so. Um, and he's a f- true freshman. So you're going from high school to starting big time D one power five and playing two top 25 teams and matchups. Like he played great. He showed he belongs. That's for damn sure. And like, he's a better version of what Davide was for you, to be honest. Like he can shoot it better. He doesn't have to get set to shoot. He can step in and bang one real fast. And he can hit it from anywhere on the floor. Still has the passing and shooting abilities. Like he's a better athletic version of what Davide was for you. If that's some comparison to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, Cause Davide really, you know, the year that he succeeded, he was like your fourth, fifth option. Um, He was behind, you know, Mooney, Culver, Tariq, um, Francis, like a lot of guys. And so a lot of times he found himself open on the court because the other guys were creating. He struggled a lot more when he was the one having to create those shots and all of his shooting percentages dropped pretty drastically uh, from the national championship year to this one. Um, But ultimately, yeah, he, he really, he's really fun to watch. He, he, he's able to get, he's confident in his shot. Um, when he's able to just take a fast break, pull up three and knock it down, he's able to take some tough contested shots at the end of shot clocks or whatever and make it. Um, and so it's just been really impressive to watch him and, and definitely as he's starting to uh, control the ball a little bit better and not turn it over, you're starting to see really what that potential can be. Um, it just, I wonder if it's going to be hard because of the lack of size between him and Harmon and, and, and some of this stuff, like what you're going to have to do. I mean, like we but said you earlier, want on the court. <laughs> you want them on the court. I mean, they're two of your better players. I would say like in the past, if this is a past team that we have, you know, the typical size out there, you would just play both of them back and forth. Right. But they're your two best guards right now. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, I think that makes it tough, but I definitely was happy to see him step up and play, limit those turnovers and, and just kind of see some of the best, best of pop. I thought he was really good for you in all these games um, was not a weakness and was not somebody who was unplayable um, at all this weekend or this past week. Um, and the other little thing that I, I definitely think is a bright spot is the offense showed the ability to keep up kind of with the scoring. Like you, you, yeah. you didn't get completely blown out of these games where it felt like last year's team might've been struggling to keep up with 
making shots and stuff like this. But, you know, Kevin O'Banner's offense is kind of coming around after this weekend. He was able to get some scoring, knock down some shots, do some impressive things for you, although he's struggling to hold on to the ball and catch yeah. passes in some areas, which has been frustrating. You know, the nice thing around. about the offense is he doesn't have to do a, a lot right. anymore. Like, he doesn't have to be year one or two scorer like last year you needed him to be. He can be the third, fourth, fifth a guy, and you're probably fine everywhere else because Bacho will do something, Pop, Harmon. Like, you have way more options on offense than just him. So I think that helps him later on. Yeah, and I think you're kind of starting to see that pay off in some of these games is, is he definitely felt a little more confident and didn't feel yeah. like his shots were being forced kind of was letting the offense come to him, taking the opportunities where they're there. Last year, it felt like if he got the ball in his hands, like he had to shoot the three because he might not get the ball back in his hands yeah, for a while right. because we couldn't get it to him. Right. Uh, and so he's definitely getting more opportunities. And so it was nice to see him get going. But yeah, your offense was able to to really uh, keep up with these teams in certain points of the game, which, which felt nice to see. So uh, so probably some of your best per 100 games that you've had. Uh, yeah, we might, like we said earlier, sacrifice some defense for some offense. We might not be a top 10 defense this year that we're not used to. But you know what? We're also not going to be the 100-some offense anymore either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you got to take some of the good with the bad and, and know like this team is going to be looking a lot different uh, later on in the season. Like look at last year, for example, we'll use last year as examples a lot, but yeah. you know, you lost to Gonzaga, you lost to Providence. Uh, I definitely know that we thought when we were heading into the Kansas Baylor stretch there that we were going to lose those two games because you yeah. hadn't proved it yet. And then all of a sudden you come out, you beat both of them and your entire season changes. So uh, there's a lot of things that this team's got to learn and they took a lot of lessons in this Maui trip and let, yep. we'll just have to see what they take from that and how they get better. Uh, this team is definitely going to look a lot different in a month on how these guys are playing, how they're growing up and how they're meshing and adding a piece like Fardal Zamak is going to help. So um, if you're already off the ship on this team after that, uh, just, just wait a little bit and, and let's, let's see this play out because um, they're, they're still a, a young team that's learning to play together and they got some right. good uh, lessons this past week, but coming up for the Red Raiders tonight, as we'll be dropping this on Wednesday. So Wednesday, November 30th, uh, Georgetown Hoyas come to Lubbock, Hoyas. which would have in long time ago would have been a really cool matchup. But right now, Georgetown, not that great of a basketball program uh, struggling. I don't think they won a single game. Uh, in the Big East last year, so uh, they, Dustin just you know, were terrible, but they won more than they did last year already. One more, well, that's good at least. Um, but your thoughts on the Georgetown Hoyas coming to Lubbock? Any one, any quick things you want to get off on this game? No, this should be. I mean, not as bad as Louisville, but just handle them is all that it takes. Yeah, I agree. Um, just. Take care of business. This is a game that you should win. Uh, show show some of those lessons that you learned in Maui. Come out here, handle business, take care of this team, and and get a much-needed dub after a one-and-two Maui Invitational. Uh, and then, you know, look to the rest of your non-conference to grow and get better. That's what you got right here is a lot of opportunities to get better before uh, the real season begins and the battles begin in the Big 12 Conference. So, uh, looking forward to that. If you got a chance to get to the USA tonight to watch the Red Raiders, yeah, uh, 
be loud if you see us you'll be there aren't you you coming in yeah i'll be coming in um yeah if you see us at club red you know come say what's up we'll be there probably pre-game having a having a cold beverage or two um and then moving on with it dustin any other little basketball tidbits you want to get to nope no basketball stuff let's do some shot bets and final shots yeah let's let's wrap this episode up just a quick little recap, since there's no Texas Tech football this week, um, we'll, we'll we'll take a, a break on the on the shot bets, kind of give us a breather on yeah. these, let us get caught up and whatnot. We'll we'll maybe come back with college football playoff, NFL playoffs once they get going. Uh, but we did both win the OU shot bet as OU was a two point favorite, and we both took the Texas Tech side. Whoa, Texas Tech got the win, and so we win strong. our final Texas Tech shot bet of the season. Uh, with that, and at the time we recorded last week, we didn't have an NFL game picked because it was Sunday when we recorded. So, uh, just a quick shot bet wrap up there. Not too much, Dustin. A uh, final shot for you this week before we get out of here. I have multiple. So Not a lot. Sit tight. Uh, we'll stick with college football real quick. Coaching college coaching carousel started. So obviously, college football. Literally off season starts the day after yep. football's over. The coaching carousel already started. You saw sleazy ass Auburn hire uh, Hugh, Hugh Freeze. <laughs> you can tell they don't care about uh, morals there. They just want to win football games. And hey, he's going to win you some. But yeah, your morality just went down the toilet. That's nobody cares about more morals in college football anymore. I mean, yeah, I guess. Um. You've had Deion Sanders rumored everywhere. You've had AM fire their offensive coordinator because they need to do stuff a lot. <laughs> Matt Rule um, to Nebraska. You had Matt Rule to Nebraska. Yep, that happened. You also had Luke Fickle jump from Cincinnati yeah. to Wisconsin. So Cincinnati, future Big 12 uh, member there, is open. That has actually been like one of the best stepping stone jobs in the country the last like 20 yeah. years. Apparently like Matt Campbell is being rumored for that job. So also it's know. Matt Campbell's birthday. He's me. only 44 years old. Yeah. But and so yeah, Matt Campbell might be on the move. Um, oh, Kansas Leipold, he got an extension, so he shouldn't be going anywhere. Lots of moving parts going to happen in the next few weeks and months. Like I know today is the four-year anniversary of us hiring Matt Wells. Ooh. Oof. So glad we got out of that. that <laughs> yeah. Um, and then with coaching carousel, you're also going to have student-athlete carousel. Transfer portal is wide open. Um, you've already seen the Texas backup quarterback Hudson Card declared. Like That's a bit – he's going to be very wanted – in a lot of places, uh, multiple A and M wide receivers have gone on the portal. Yeah, come on! I can't wait. That's why I wanted to put this in there, and I really hadn't seen anybody else that I care about. But uh, I really put it in there because I can't wait for the A and M exodus that's yeah. going to happen from this. And what sucks for them, like they don't like Jimbo right now. They don't have an offensive coordinator to tell those kids, "Hey, here's what we're going to do." Come on, come on. Come on over, boys. Come on over. Come on over. Tyree Wilson. Come on. Like, we turn him into a top draft. Yeah. Come on. Come on over here. Baylor Cup, Tyree Wilson. Hey, we'll take you. You know, four or five star kids that tried their shot at A&M and said, this sucks. Um, So, 
anything on coaches or transfers from you real quick? No. Yeah. It's just, it, it it's going to be crazy. It takes some getting used to with like, as soon as football is done to just like, it's kind of like NFL free agency in a way. It's like, yeah, uh, just a lot of breaking news, a lot of guys entering the portal, a lot of coaches, a lot of, you know, Lane Kiffin was going to Auburn. Then all of a sudden he's taking an extension with Ole Miss and then Hugh freezes in at Auburn. So it's yep. just a, it's a very entertaining time of year where you've got important Jeez. college football games and then important college football coaches going all over the place. Oh, yeah. Money and talks. And the other thing, football-wise, Patrick Mahomes III has been born. Ah. Go ahead and offer him Joey McGuire for the class of 2042 or whatever it is, 2040, and he can be our quarterback. I love that Mahomes picked the middle name Bronze for yeah. him since he's the third. That is awesome. <laughs> and already has him a chain with it. Like, need to see that baby with the chain now. <laughs> yeah, he could probably already can throw it 50 yards, so. <laughs> Damn right. Um, yeah, congrats to Patrick Mahomes on uh, on his first son being born. Now a father of two. Uh, so I'm sure that'll keep him and uh, his wife, Brittany, occupied oh, yeah. and he is not playing football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my final shot is USA, baby. USA. USA, USA, what a win today. The arena? Huh? Well, the arena? No, the United States of America does Oh, it. it's the soccer team. Soccer <laughs> team, America. Yeah. Beautiful. Sweet 16, oh. baby. What a win <laughs> over Iran. It was not even mad stressful. Arlie would be proud of me for watching this game. Yeah. Um, I, I was sitting I, in my I, office I, with a student watching it, too, and we were stressing it. It's stressful. I forget how stressful it is because, you know, we didn't make the World Cup last time. So I've gone eight years without watching soccer. So I forgot how stressful (laughs) it can get when you're in these intense games. I was getting nervous from that 80-minute to 90-minute mark when Iran had the ball a lot in in our zone. And I was like, can we not let them have so much possession? And I'll be like, man, it feels like a lot of time went off. And then I look and it's like been 20 seconds of a call. Can this clock tick faster? It was uh, it was exciting. It was thrilling. Pulisic with the huge goal to to give you the one zero lead, and then you're able to hold on for dear life. At he has end. a pelvic contusion. A pelvic contusion. It did not look fun. Took a knee uh, to the groin, guys. Yeah, that looked very painful. But he got the goal. He got the job done, and we live to fight another day, taking on the Netherlands in round one. Uh, round sixteen. In the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, Saturday morning. Let's just so keep using good. basketball terms because I saw yeah. a lot of people on Twitter today that didn't know what was we were doing next. And I just wanted to tell them we're in the Sweet 16. We're in the Sweet 16. We made it. Just to think the of it like weekend, that, folks. <laughs> made it to the second weekend. We're ready. <laughs> um, and and exactly. right before you start watching your college football championships, that game's at 9 a.m. So yeah. like, that game will be ending right about time where – uh, the Big 12. TCU is about to get beat by Kansas State. So it's uh, going <laughs> to Roll be right into that Big 12 game, champ but, game. <laughs> but, yeah, that was exciting. It was fun to watch. And that's all I got for this week. You I got one go? more thing oh, before more. we end. You can kick us out on this. But shout out to Brooks. It's his birthday. Yeah, yeah. Turning the Happy Big 3-2 uh, on Thursday. So, you know. Woo-hoo! You see me at, you know, the game. want to grab me a beer or. Buy me a shot or something like that. I'm, I'm all for it. But yeah, turning the big three two. 
uh, this week. So looking forward to that. And as always, looking forward to getting more content out for you guys. Basketball season is here. We love talking basketball. Football season comes to an end, but we'll recap some football by, you know, deep diving the season, handing out some awards, all that stuff. We'll uh, keep looking at the basketball team as they make their way towards Big 12 conference season and any other fun news that might come out, uh, transfers, all that good stuff that might be coming our way as a football offseason kind of already is, has begun. And to catch everything we're doing here, you got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five stars, five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with those reviews. Also, follow our social media. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube where we're posting clips from each week's uh, videos, uh, episodes. So if you can't catch the full podcast, you can catch little tidbits of it there. Thanks for listening to our Oklahoma recap and our Maui Invitational recap. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.